Sometimes reading the book isn't enough. We want to be immersed in an idea or feeling. That's why at Book Interrupted, we've made a playlist for each book cycle. Visit www.bookinterrupted.com to find playlists for each book cycle and member. Or check out our YouTube channel. What's on your playlist? Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. Once again, with Kirsten Karchmer, the author of Seeing Red. Absolutely correlated with higher risk for failed IVF and miscarriage. It's because their nuts don't get to be cool. Yeah. That's just the, the correct word, right? Become a master of the vagina and all things will be good. Become a vagina whisperer. You know, Maybe that's why I'm infertile because I worked at a restaurant for my whole life and touched those things all the time. Gotta go to the doctor again. <laughs> right, Daily like, doctor I'm appointment. Feeling, I'm feeling really hysterical. I'm going to need to go again. This thing just blew my head off. Literally blew my head off. <laughs> you ready guys? Let's do this. Express yourself. Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. Hold on to your bookmarks because Book Interrupted is off the shelf. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. Welcome to this off the shelf episode. During this episode, we are meeting once again with Kirsten Karchmer, the author of Seeing Red, and we're going to talk off the shelf. Welcome, Kristen. So that means about whatever we want. I love it. Uh, let's see, what have I been working on? I've been having fun on TikTok, working on a lot of fertility stuff, and it's really fascinating. You know, I do a live show every day on TikTok for fertility, and one thing that I've been noticing is that I worked with over 10,000 women when I was still a reproductive acupuncturist, and that was over 20 years, and now like 5,000 in the last couple of years extra. And what I'm seeing is younger and younger women coming into the show saying, oh, I'm 21 years old and my AMH, which is the measurement, the blood measurement that tells you approximately how many eggs you have left is like 0.01. And it should be between one and five. So five would be appropriate for like a 21 year old girl. One means almost no eggs left. And I think it's really interesting. It was one of the reasons why I was excited to get to come and talk again, because I think that women and people with periods should be checking their cycle day three labs about once every year, every other year, whether they're trying to get pregnant or not. Because what's happening is, is if you're paying attention, they're called cycle day three labs. It tells you how your reproductive body is aging. And we don't really want to look at that. And as a society, we're like, don't look until, you know, even with fertility, like if you've been trying for a year and you don't get pregnant, then you should test. Well, a year when those numbers start getting bad, could be the difference of you getting pregnant with your own eggs or having to do donor eggs. So somebody's like, oh, I, you know, I've been on a career path or wasn't in a relationship and then now I'm 36 years old or, or any age and then you start trying and you don't get pregnant and then a whole year pass. Well, maybe you're okay to still get pregnant with your own age this year, but then a year later, the numbers have gotten too bad. And then there's catastrophe, especially these younger people with periods who are in their 20s that this is happening to, and they're like, but what happened? 
how did this happen? Why didn't anybody tell me to test this earlier? And if we had known when they were 23, even that they look suspiciously low, we could be freezing eggs. It also makes me wonder, like, is this a new trend? You know what I mean? Is this pollution? Is this diet? Is this, is this a pattern, a new, you know? I think it is a pattern. Men's sperm quality is dropping by 1%. I can't remember the stat, like every five years, that's astronomical. And actually there's a study out that actually one of the factors is skinny genes. <laughs> I know that actually, because their testes what? are all hot and bothered. It's because their nuts don't get to be cool. Yeah. That's just the, the correct word, right? <laughs> yeah. Their legs look cool. Their opus cool. Yeah, but, but their balls are not their nuts. Their balls are not good. So I think it's a combination of the people that work with me, they do a conceivable report and it's this like super detailed assessment. And I look at everything. One of the things that I ask them is, do you use plastic water bottles? Do you use any air freshener? Oh, you're frozen. You froze on us. Oh, oh, we lost just dropped off the oh. shelf. Kirsten is now off the shelf. <laughs> so, but she'll be oh, back on the shelf, the shelf soon. <laughs> Hopefully. 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 That's interesting and scary. Right. And you know what else it reminds me of is girls going through puberty sooner and it being related to like hormones pumped into meat to and milk. Yeah. All of the ways that society is trying to produce the most and mass. I think it's big farm. But isn't there like also chemicals that mimic hormones as well? I think that affect things as well. Wasn't it something the water too? Don't we, when you're digesting and then you, when you pee out and then that gets filtered and whatever, and then it gets back in the drinking water somehow. And then hormones are now higher in the mm -hmm. drinking water. And people like also sometimes get rid of prescriptions in the toilet, which is why they always say you should take it to your pharmacist. Yeah. If you're done with a prescription, safely. don't just throw it out, take it to the pharmacy and they will dispose of it. Yeah. Probably so, just in the garbage. I'm just, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, totally. They'll, and they'll put it oh, in the thanks. toilet. I'll put it in our <laughs> pharmacy toilet. No. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'll have to ask. I've got a friend who's a pharmacist. Let's see what she says. Don't you think and this is it. a bit interesting that it's kind of this conversation's foreshadowing The Handmaid's Tale? A little oh, bit. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't realize. I don't want to know anything more about The Handmaid's Tale. Don't tell her. You've never read The Handmaid's Tale? I haven't, and I'm <gasps> looking forward to it, so stop spoiling it. They have a TV yes, show, right? Do. And so yes, I was like, oh, yes, I want to see that show. I told Dan. It's we intense. We don't watch a ton of TV, so when we do, it's I've never together. watched the show. The show uh, is intense. Is it I could only watch, a, I love the book. I could only watch the first couple, maybe the first season or the second, first and second season. That how many like, seasons are there? A lot now. I don't know how oh. many, but Is yeah. it just the book? I thought it was going to be like a limited series that like told the book. No, it's more than, it's not just the book, based on the world of the book. The world. Hmm. I think that the beginning season is the book. Yeah, like it's about the book, but it's just more elaborate. Oh, I was just looking for something that was limited series about the book. Because I've read the book, but it was a yeah. long time ago. You know what this is kind of yeah. like, though, is Children of Men. You guys watch that movie? I love that movie. No. Oh, yeah, Children of Men. Children of Men is about a dystopian future where everybody just stops having kids worldwide and mm. nobody can have children anymore and like the world is terrible right because no one has hope and there's lots of fighting and and whatever yeah. right nobody has anything to lose anymore because the human race is going to become extinct and then a refugee is found pregnant and anyway that's oh. the movie but it's so powerful i told mom that i found it uplifting she's like it was so depressing i was like yes but like 
life, you know, like it's uplifting in a way, mm-hmm. like, you know, in a depressing way. Anyway, she has a different taste in movies than me. There's five seasons of The Handmaid's Tale now. I think it's keeping going, too. Mm. Yeah, I don't think I'll watch that. Like, it's I would the read book, the book, but it's not the book. The book is better. No, it does, it is the book, but it's just, I think stuff happens. Hello. Oh, we're back. I have no idea what happened. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. This is Leah. I wanted to make an interruption today because I just thought it's so funny how I've had a shift just now on um, the holiday season. I uh, live downtown in my respective area and I'm surrounded by high-rise condominiums and one of my biggest pet peeves in life is people who leave Christmas lights up all year. So across from me there is a big beautiful building and one of the balconies has Christmas lights on the balcony edge or railing all year round and it hurts my soul. Not because they're not pretty and sparkly, but it's a waste of energy. Just like unplug it. I'm not asking you to put it away. I'm just asking you to unplug it. Like, why are we just wasting energy? It makes me feel crazy. And then we were just standing out on our balcony and we were looking across. Oh, I'm really looking forward to the holiday season. I'm starting to get kind of in that Christmas spirit. It was lightly snowing, but not too cold out. And we we're just kind of like, oh yeah, getting all Christmassy. And I looked up at this balcony that the whole year has made me, every time I look at it, I feel so pissed off. And then I was like, oh, Christmas lights. Isn't that ridiculous? I am decidedly cheery about it until i don't know what's an appropriate length of time after the holiday season to leave your christmas lights up Uh, feedback welcome i say january 15th is that fair is two weeks enough i'll even give you till the end of january but then can we call it a day can we call it a day before february that's my weird interruption see ya happy holidays bye bye book interrupted Anyways, back to you guys. No problem. Okay. We went on a tangent about think, the Handmaid's Tale. You guys could handle it on your own, just yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, we talked about the Handmaid's Tale, and I brought up Children of Men. Do you know the Handmaid's Tale, the book by Margaret Atwood? Yeah. So scary. When I first read that book, I was like, oh, that's impossible. And now I'm like, mm. we're reading it next season because we're doing banned books next season. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. So rebellious. But- well, I'm sure seeing red's probably going to get banned next year too. It's <sighs> like female empowerment. And you know. anyway, so yeah, I think this idea that there's a lot of reasons why we're talking about Glee plugins and Febreze and all those things, and even receipts from the grocery store. The research is abundantly clear that BPAs, which anything that has fragrance in it, but particularly like Febreze or plugins or plastic water bottles, Tupperware, any of those things. I mean, the receipts that you get from the grocery store, they contain BPAs. And they did a big study where they, they just took a bunch of women who, and men who were doing IVF, in vitro fertilization, and they just measured the amount of BPA in their blood. And then they looked at the outcomes and having high levels of BPA in your blood, which a lot of them did, 
absolutely correlated with higher risk for failed IVF and miscarriage, both that and impact for sperm quality. And just a receipt from the grocery store, this is my mission, now it's like handles receiving. The receipts from the grocery store has 250 to 1,000 times more BPAs than a plastic water bottle. Never touch those fucking oh. things. I like always like want to have some tweezers when they want to give it to me and be like, it's like radioactive shit. What's the plastic in it? Is it's it a, just it, paper? It's a no? thermal receipt. And somehow through that, whatever chemical makes the thermal receipt piece is the thing that you don't want to touch. So every time I see a young girl who works at the grocery store, I'm like, never touch those, wear gloves. But you know- Maybe that's why I'm infertile because I worked at a restaurant for my whole life and touched those things all the time. It's the same receipt kind of thing, so. Yeah, yeah, if it's the printed out kind, not the old kind. Um, yeah. yeah, the ones that fade in if you keep them for a while. Yeah, that's what all restaurants have those. That's what that's what restaurants have. So I've touched millions of them. So. Yeah, right. Because you don't have to buy ink, right? Because it's just the paper is the paper and the machine. You like burns it or whatever. But you know what's right. really, really cool? There's one company that doesn't use that. Yeah. Fucking Trader Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's does not use the bad kind. They spend the extra money to protect their customers and their employees. Wonderful. Mm. Oh, Trader Joe's. I know, right? Y'all have Trader Joe's in Canada? No. 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 That's so good. So yeah, never touch those things. They're really bad. And I always complain every time to the manager whenever I go to the grocery store. I'm like, you need to do something about this. Trader Joe's does not do this. And you're hurting your employees and your customers. Who they're hurting is the future of the species. Because when you impact people's fertility, you impact the offspring of society. So we know that genetics are impacted by epigenetics, which are all the factors outside of ourselves, diet, lifestyle, behavioral health, all those things. So they're thinking- We were just talking about this in our last conversation about epigenetics and trauma and, and it lasting seven generations. Wow. <laughs> Lindsay, what's going on with your fertility? Oh, it's done. It's a, we're a way over that. Yeah. That's not happening anymore. Oh no. I'm 42 now. Like that's, and my partner is 53. So if we had a kid now, it would be shocking. And also we would be very old parents, especially him. It's the way that it is. And that's what happened. And nothing I can do about it. So you just move on. Like I'm not dwelling on it or worrying about it. And you know, I'm a good aunt and that's fine. And at this point too, I think I would be, I don't know. I think it would be very difficult after everything that I went through. And I don't like to call it trauma, but I suppose drama, it was hard to do that. So, but you know, there's always triggers. There's I think there's three girls, women who I work with who are a little bit older that all are pregnant right now at my work. And they're all like talking to me about it. And they're like, are you okay? Cause a lot of them know. And I'm like, I'm fine. I want you to share this with me, but you know, it's never easy. I think we really underestimate how traumatic it is. I mean, even like there's research showing that people have PTSD after they go through the fertility journey. Part of it is because if you get cancer, your neighbors and your church come and fill your house up with food and they clean your house for you and whatever. And if you have, you know, struggling to get or stay pregnant, people just fucking blame you. Well, if you weren't so fat or if you weren't so skinny or didn't work so hard, if you didn't have such a high profile job, or if you didn't work at the grocery store and touch receipts or, you know, like just whatever you're doing instead of helping you. And so I I think it's a really lonely journey too. So 
It is. It definitely is. All the whole thing, like sitting in the room and all the needles and your hormones going crazy. And there's so many things that you go through in that. And then with your partner and trying to keep that relationship going. And then who do you tell? And you're embarrassed about it. And you feel like it's your fault, as you said. And, and then you still get your mother who still talks about if I'd had grandchildren, like there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot to, to talk about in that topic. None of it feels supportive, right? I know. Anything you just said as any effort of like love or support, it's all just breaking you down just a little bit more. Yeah. And I mean, it's also just as, you know, we talk about, people don't talk about these things. We were talking about miscarriages in another episode a while ago, and we need to talk about these more so it's open so that it's, you know, we're comfortable about it and I mean, even talking about period, my sommelier that I work with, he made a joke uh, the other day, just because I said something about my period. He's like, yeah, I know every single month because you talk about it. And I said, well, yeah, because I think we should all talk about it every month because then it becomes normal. So then therefore, you know, there's more money that goes into research. There's, you know, I'm sure this is all things that you know, but get me on the soapbox or whatever. I'll yell about it. But yeah. also it's nice to talk about because you're like, yeah, today I might need a little bit more support at work. Just exactly being in the know. And then your coworker may also need support on a different day for something different. Right. That's why you know? I say and it. And that's just the thing, right? So let's just be honest about what's yeah, What's going like on? I'm tired. My brain's not working as well. I'm in pa- a lot of pain right now. So I'm sorry when you ask me something and my eyes kind of go glazy. It's because I'm trying to think well, being in extreme pain. So I just think the world would be just a much better place if we did a, of all the things that we teach children. In my house, we have a no complaining rule. I just don't have any tolerance for complaining. If they're like, hey, if I can meet with it, you know, and I was like, Hey, did you have a request? Can you get super clear on what you need or want? And I'll get it for you, or I will try my best. I'm really not interested in just bitching, right? Mm -hmm. Just too much. Because then when people want to give you what you want, right? And so even if it's your period, you're like, I just really don't feel good today. Can you just be a tiny bit extra sweet? And what I learned from my mentor, who is very funny, uh, she's an older lady. And she's like, honey, men are very simple. She's like, men are like that little wood triangle they use to hold the door open. She's like, they really do want to please you. She goes, they don't know how. And she's like, and they need explicit instructions. She goes, but first you have to identify what you want and need. And it can't be, I need more attention because that means nothing to them. You might as well be saying, they're just like, what? (laughs) So if you need more attention, what was specific? And it feels so bad to like lay it out. I would like you to text me two times a day and send me flowers on Friday. Like whatever it is that would communicate that. She's like, then you ask for it. Then remember triangle. She's like, they're going to make an effort that they think is going to be Herculean and it's going to be really bad. They're going to text you at four o'clock in the afternoon because they're going to forgotten. And you're going to want to be like, fuck off, man. You can't even get it right. Like I had 10 and two, 10 and two, and I get a four. She says, no. You praise effusively. Any effort you praise, no matter what they do, you praise. And you're like, oh my God, you made an effort. Thank you so much. That means so much to me. That was so good. I love that you sent me a text to take. She goes, and that would be even great if you even sometimes would send me one at 10 o'clock. She's like, and then he's going to send it at noon instead of 10 o'clock. And you're going to be like, you're a fucking idiot, man. What's wrong with you? And you're going to say, oh my God, good job. Little door stop. And little door stop. (laughs) 
She goes, if you just keep reminding yourself, that is how sophisticated they are. Door stop. They just need reinforcement. I have such a problem with that. It makes me so annoyed because this is where I'll say my problem really is. Their mother should have trained them. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to train my partner. He's my partner. So, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're saying it, I get it. I'm with you with the, like, they can't mind read. We're not the same. They don't really know. Like you do have to be specific, all of that. But then I want them to have responsibility for their performance. And if it's subpar, step it up, fucker. Like, (laughs) so it's just hard (laughs) for me to, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want another child. I have a partner who I want to partner with as we attack life or whatever it is that we're doing. I'm not maybe fully against that they need to be trained, but I think we all got trained at some point. And so again, I I blame the mothers then, or maybe the fathers, maybe they should have stepped up too. And their mothers and their mother's mothers. Seven generations. (laughs) No, but here's where I'm going to challenge you back on this though, because Kim, the thing is, is that their mothers can only train them to like nurture and love them in the way that they want to be nurtured and loved. And if you look at like love languages, you know, my ex-husband's love language was acts of service. And my love language being Italian is, is acts of service, but cooking, right? But he wanted to be healthy all the time. I wanted to make Italian food all the time. He thought I was ignoring him all the time. I thought I was loving him, right? In my house, you feed people to love them. You don't eat enough. You're like, hey, what's wrong with you? You're so skinny. You need to eat more. And then when you get fat, like, hey, he, you're so fat. Why'd you get so fat? You know, there's no winning. And I wanted to make like a little raised garden. And it was going to be like a one day project for me, you know, and he completely hijacks it. He's around walking around the neighborhood, taking pictures of gardens, showing me. And I'm like, I just want to just go in the garden. You know, it takes like two months to do it. It never occurred to me that that was an act of love. Do you know what I mean? And so I think that we have to train them like what feels like love to us. And, and especially because men, they're just not as emotionally sophisticated. They can't know what it is. It's just like with sex, you know, everybody can get trained to put the dick in the hole, right? With women, there's a whole lot of other fun that can happen, right? <laughs> so I told my son, I'm like, look, your thing's just a pole up and down, up and down, gets the job done. I said, a vagina is like an ecosystem. There's just like, <laughs> become a master of the vagina. And all things will be good. Become a vagina whisperer. But don't actually whisper into it. No, maybe whisper into it a little bit. Speaking of which, who's tried <laughs> who's tried the womanizer? Is it I a dildo? Know. I haven't tried it yet, but I really what is want it? one. It's not a what dildo. I think of a dildo like a wiener thing, but it's a vibrate. It's a it's a sex well, toy. Okay. That goes on the outside. And it gently blows and sucks until you have an orgasm. See? Whisper. Wow. That's what they should have called it, the pussy whisper or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you just go for fun and read the reviews on Amazon, people are like committing suicide practically over. They're like, this thing just blew my head off. Literally blew my head off. <laughs> I was reading the reviews and I was like, I'm definitely getting one of these. This is the most amazing thing I've What's ever seen. What's it called again? The Womanizer. The womanizer. The womanizer. It's a bad, terrible yeah, name. Could have, could have I didn't like name. the name either. Right? I actually didn't like the name either. But I guess if you're womanizing yourself, <laughs> the only one who womanizes me is me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the ad should say something. Yeah. Right. But like a womanizer, an actual womanizer is with a lot of women. You don't usually share your sex toys. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> oh but with guys. specific people, maybe not with, you know, I don't like the name people. either. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have a VIP list for your vibrator. <laughs> Speaking of which, there's an interesting, like, there's an interesting the history of the vibrator. Have y'all seen that? No. Um, just no. off the shelf. So it turns out when women were having PMS that, you know, like, I don't know what the year was, probably in like 1918, something, I don't know. You know, they said that they were hysterical. And this is where the word hysteria come from, hysterectomy, all that, because they got crazy from their periods. Well, at some point, I'm thinking like 1880, but I'm just making this up because it's been a while. I don't want anybody to email me like, oh, it's 1730 or whatever. I don't know. I don't know the date. Doctors figured out that a good orgasm would really quell the hysteria. So they would prescribe for their patients to come in for a little hand job. And they would literally like, get them off themselves manually in the doctor's office as a prescribed treatment. But then the doctors were doing it so much that they started getting carpal tunnel. <laughs> Gotta go to the doctor again. <laughs> right, Daily like, doctor I'm appointment. Really, I'm feeling really hysterical. I'm going to need to go again. And so then the doctor started getting carpal tunnel. So this one doctor made a, a fucking machine and it was basically had like a little, you know, probe thing on it. And it had a steam engine, it was like, <laughs> like a train, like basically took the technology of like a train. I'm sure that didn't work as Only well as, as the hand. Get up a piston thing. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and thus was the beginning of the dildo. What a step backwards too, right? Like it went from whatever kind of moves that gave someone carpal tunnel to like, that was the, probably the beginning of the faking of the orgasm, right? They're like, yeah, totally. all right. Okay. I'm not hysterical anymore. All right. I like to think that the doctor would give them like the steam horn to blow when they are done. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh my God. That would be so funny. I think there's a TV program that they did about this. Oh gosh, what was it? Give me a minute and I'll think about it. But I think there is a program in which they talk about the development of Some kind of history of, of sex? Yeah, or something. I'll think That's about great. it. Yeah. Can you imagine? Let's just say you and your husband, especially in that time, there are a lot of arranged marriages and stuff. Maybe they weren't that compatible. Can you imagine if you like went to the doctor and they did this for you? You're like... Oh, I have to go to the doctor again today. Like, I'm feeling hysterical again. It's Imagine. time for my 12 o'clock. Or these poor yes. women going back to their husbands and saying, honey, let me show you something that's really going to like amp it up. And the guy's being like, no, I just want to like stick it in for five seconds and be done. You know, I don't want another chore list from you. <laughs> chore list. Like, You're hysterical. Mean, back to the doctor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Like, yeah. So just like encouraging hysteria. <laughs> Then you fast forward to the fifties and I found ads. So that was, remember like the age of like beaver cleaver and women are like all perfect and clean and their houses are all clean. And, you know, my mom was one of those moms. And so then that was when like women started douching a lot and all this sanitization language and everything came up and women were douching with Lysol. Oh no. And Lysol even had ads. And it'd be like an illustration and she'd be like laying on her chase lounge and the husband would be like sternly like walking out. It would say something like, if only I'd use my Lysol, yeah. As if like, oh, he's storming out because I'm too dirty or whatever. I saw that and I was like, what the hell? Lysol. What a world, eh? 
figured out the show. I'm okay, looking. Good. Oh, good. Uh, it's called Masters of Sex. It is about some doctors who were pioneers of the science of human sexuality. Okay, so this is a bit different, but I heard that's very good. That show, though, is really interesting. Yeah, I started watching it a little bit, but I can't. I don't know what year. Maybe the 1950s. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. But I'm really not giving you much information, am I? And this is too long to, to look. But there you go. So something similar. But women used to go. That's the part that I saw that the women would go to the doctor's office too. Maybe they were just studying it, not having an orgasm. Yeah. Oh. What do you do for a living doctor? What kind of a doctor are you? It'd be great for like dinner party conversations. Yeah. I treat hysteria and I'm very good at it, but I have carpal tunnel now. <laughs> Maybe you want to come for a treatment. And then the husband's like, yes, yes, dear. You should go for a treatment. What are the ladies talked about it later? Just, can <laughs> you, you try my doctor? First, like the first time that a lady went to the doctor and he got her off. And then, you know, she's going to her friend. She's like, you're not going to believe what great thing happened to the doctor yesterday. <laughs> you got to try. Or maybe not. Maybe she'd be like, uh, that guy's a creep. That's maybe true. She's like, That's true. How many times have you been to a doctor and you're like, oh, I wish he'd get carpal tunnel with me. Never. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Never. Crazy. Yeah. You're hoping your exam is over soon. You're not like, oh, stay down there a little longer. <laughs> yeah, but your exam wasn't, isn't enjoyable <laughs> there's a baroness von sketch show about a woman getting a pap and her using all the inappropriate language about being like oh, yeah. dinner first and she's like i'm sorry i'll stop talking but she keeps on saying these she's, minors, she's all she's nervous her pap. yeah <laughs> oh, yeah so awkward funny. well the other thing that i'm working on kind of not fleshed out no pun intended so this is super interesting so when i'm working with people I think that people do their best work when they're doing the thing that is actually comes supernatural to them. The thing that you actually can't not do is the thing that you should focus on in your career, you know? And as you guys know from me, you know, I like a good story. And so I'm working on trying to decide, I have this uh, about a dozen stories that are about being a single mom, raising a very highly intelligent, hard-headed, interesting son. And, um, and they're hilarious. And so I'm trying to decide whether I'm going to write it into a one-woman show or write it as a memoir novel called Raising Cam. My son's name is, is not Cam, but that's going to be to protect him because there's some... So anyways, I would love to tell you guys one of the stories and get your feedback on it if you'd like to hear it. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's 19 now. He goes to college. I'm trying to think where, which one. There's a lot of funny ones. Um, okay. This one's more clean. So my kids grew up in a house where we talked about everything. So there's just, again, nothing was off the table. There's no like censoring stuff he comes down and he's like 13 ish and he goes mom could you get me a fleshlight and this is previous to he had been spending a ridiculous amount of time in the shower like hours in the shower before that and because he's very environmentally conscious i had bought him a giant bottle of lube a costco bottle of lube and i just put a sticky on it and i said save the planet don't use water, use lube and like a few boxes of Kleenex. But then after that, there was thousands of Kleenex on the floor every single day. It was so gross. I was going, so I would go in my tongs. I just got a special pair of tongs. I called them the jizz tongs. I would go with a special <laughs> trash can and I would ceremoniously pick them up while he'd be in there. And I always would talk to him about like what a good man is. And I was like, honestly, 
a good man does not allow his mom to pick up his jizz towels. That's, I think good men don't do that. I think that they handle it themselves. So this is the level of what we're talking about. So, so he's like, could you buy me a flashlight? A flashlight? And he goes, well, do you, do you know what that is? And I was like, well, I know what a flashlight is. Do you know what a flashlight is? Do y'all know what a flashlight is? No, so a flashlight is a, uh, a fake vagina that is hidden inside. You know, those big flashlights that you go camping with, that has got this big on the end. It looks like that on the outside. And then you take the light part off and inside is the softest thing you've ever touched in your whole life. And it's shaped like a vagina. And it's a tool used for, well, jacking off into, but it is very soft. I have touched one. I mean, it is like you touch it. And I was like, if I had a wiener, I'd want to put my wiener in there too. Like it's, it's a magical thing. So, and he says, do you know what it is? And I said, yeah. I do. And he goes, well, how do you know? I was like, well, how do you know? And I said, I'm like a grown-up lady. That's how I know. And, and he said, well, Jimmy, his best friend, Jimmy said that he got an Amazon gift card from his grandmother and he bought a fleshlight with the gift card from his grandmother. And he's like, and then he showed it to me and he told me how like awesome it was. And then I was like, well, I kind of want one of those. That seems pretty cool. Will you get me one? And I was like, first of all, I'm really glad you asked me. That's actually really cool. Second of all, why do you want it apart from just something to jack off into? What's the purpose? And he's like, well, I just like want to practice for the ladies. And I was like, okay, let me think about that just a little bit. So he's a policy debater in college. He's very heady kid and he can't just say no, right? And I didn't want to say no because I was like, well, if it was my daughter and she wanted a vibrator, I would buy her one. So what's the difference? So I actually think it's all really interesting points of conversation. So I was going out to dinner with some friends. So my friends and I are sitting around, six of us sitting around a table, smart people. And then my son and his two friends, one of them is one of the ones with the flashlight. And so they're like, okay, we're going to go listen to music. We're going to sit here and drink wine. So I asked my friends, all right, should he get a flashlight? And at first I was like, no, definitely not. He's 13 years old. He doesn't need that, whatever. And I was like, okay, but why? And people was like, well, he's too young. I'm like, well, but he is masturbating. Okay, well, why else? And people are like, well, he just, you just shouldn't. You just, you're the parent. You just say no. He doesn't need an explanation. I was like, no, that's how, we, that's how we work. Like, let's really try to think about this. And one of my friends is a children's book author. And he goes, I've got it. He said, sex is relational. It's actually an exchange of energy between two people. And he said, and even when you're masturbating, you're kind of having sex with yourself, your hand or whatever, you know, like, and he said, but a fleshlight is just something to dump into. And if you have no experience being with another person, your first experience of like training teaches him or whomever that a girl's just a hole to come into. And I was like, that is the reason. Yes, for sure. But before we had gotten to that, my son and his friends come over and he can be very obnoxious. And he was like, hey, we're ready to go. And I was like, we hadn't gotten to this point yet. And I was like, yeah, we're not ready yet. And he's like, well, we're ready. We're bored. And I was like, yeah, we're not finished. And he goes, what, what's the big deal? What's taking so long? I was like, well, we're having a lively conversation that we haven't finished yet. So we're not going to be able to leave until we're done with that conversation. Like what's so important that we can't just leave and y'all can finish the conversation. I said, you really want to know? And he goes, well, yeah, I really want to know. I said, well, we're having a lively conversation about whether or not to get you a fleshlight to jack off into every night. And then there was just silence. (gasps) Everyone at the table was like, I can't believe she just said that. And I was like, what do you want to do? And he's like, we're going to go over here. (laughs) So they left and we finished the conversation and you know came back and then another guy who was a very funny guy who was at the table after that he's like plus 
if they want to practice for the ladies, the fleshlight is not the way. They need to get on their bicycles, they're 13, and ride down to the candy store and get some everlasting gobstoppers and lick on them five hours a day. Okay, <laughs> that's good. And then another guy is like, yeah, and they need class of guitar. Class of guitar. Okay, he's like, that's how you practice for the ladies right there. So we get in the car and he sticks his head between the like two seats, you know, he's like, what'd they say? And I basically, you know, told him all of those things. And I said, I don't think that I want to get you one. And I hope that you don't get one yet either. They call it masturbation because you want to practice with yourself, like become a master at yourself, right? Really learn your body, fool around with real girls, just be safe. It's not that there's anything wrong with using that. Just right now have human experiences. And he was like, okay, I can get that long. And then he ended up not getting it. I love that. Oh, I love that. That's nice. That's great. So, kind Wonderful of story. Thank you for sharing that story. It had a happy ending. And I hope that he had a happy ending too. If you don't know oh. what I mean. <laughs> he has plenty of happy endings now. That's we great. I have probably... kids like that too. They need to know everything. Everything's got to have a reason. And so sometimes I do the same thing. I'm like, let me think about it. I'll talk about it later. It actually is so good though, when they force you to do that, because it then makes you really just think about, I will often say like my kids say, can I do something? I'll say no. I'm like, hold on. I don't even know why I said that. Like I just said no, just as a reaction. And let me just think about if I actually have some real reasons to say no. And then we can have a conversation about that. I think you also scared Kim because she has a son. And I think she's probably. No, I'm not scared at all. I'm like, perfect. (laughs) I can't wait to say that if he dares to ask me for one, which I don't know if he will. Like, we'll see. I try to make a open dialogue, but. Sarah, are are you scared? about your son yes Yes. (laughs) (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh when you're like i'm picking up tissues i'm like oh no no but i hope you're right i think if he mentioned something to me i have to take a pause and be let me think about that because my initial reaction would be like what no (laughs) no you're my little baby forever well uh, here's here's the trick though you have to decide do you want to be the mom that they talk to or that they lie to I grew up in a real honest, like honesty was really important in our house. And my father always said, it takes two people to tell a lie. It takes one person who doesn't want to know the truth. And it takes another person to deliver. Whatever they bring to you, just take a deep breath and be like, I want them to talk to me no matter how uncomfortable I feel with this situation. And if there's something like even now, there's things with his little boy parts and I feel uncomfortable, I say, I'm like, you know, I don't have a penis. If you want to talk to someone about that, I think your dad would be a great person to talk to because he can tell you about what's happening. I don't actually know. I don't have one. So then he'll go and ask. But I try to be as open as possible, but initially. So you even mentioning, I'm like, oh, I should be getting prepared for that when he's 13. 13. I mean, like he's, how old is he? He's eight. He's eight. I mean, they start spending a lot of time masturbating around like nine and 10. They kind of figure it out in the tub. Usually like suddenly when he starts taking a lot of tubs, I I don't know what happens in the tub. I mean, my son was taking just hour long, like so many tubs, so many tubs, everything. I was like, I've never seen a cleaner child in my whole life. (laughs) So I'll watch out for it. Yes. Another shower. Great. Okay. We're getting so clean. I hope that some of all of that just open and honest conversation led the way when he needed it. He felt comfortable just like talking about it. 
totally. I want that for my kids yeah. where that if they say, who do I ask about this? But they come yeah. to me now, honestly, when they make the ask, sometimes I'm like, oh, why are we talking about this on the way to the grocery store? They want to know all the details. My oldest is almost seven. She still wants all the details, but everything. She doesn't want to age appropriate. She's like, just use the right words for everything and tell me how this happens <laughs> or whatever. All right, let's do it. And she's like, and why can't kids do this? And you're like, your body's not ready yet. <laughs> it's like, it's like it can help. <laughs> well, I mean, my son, when he was little, he, because when I was still married, I was married to a reproductive activist. So we were talking about like, oh, this person had IVF, this had person. And so my kids knew sperm eggs, things like that, just from birth. He was like four. He's like, I know the, I know the sperm has to get to the egg to make a baby and everything. He was I just one thing I can't figure out, like, like how exactly does the sperm get to the egg? again, age appropriate. And I was like, well, you know, the mom and dad, they kind of have to hug really tight. And he goes, that's a bold face lie. And he's like, <laughs> and I was like, all right, the penis goes in the vagina. He goes, what? I said, yeah, penis goes in the vagina. And he goes, that's what, what we landed on. And he's just running around the house as fast as he can. The penis goes in the vagina. The penis goes in the vagina. <laughs> like, don't repeat that at school, please. That's right. And I was like, okay, slow down, tiger. This is very confidential information. You just happen to have a mom who's a fertility specialist. Almost nobody knows this. And a lot of moms don't want their kids to know it. Those families get to make the decision. That was our conversation too. And then we had to talk about, you can't talk to people about it. <laughs> don't, don't tell people right now, because a lot of people don't know, but that's just for us. If you have more questions, you come and ask. Okay, so when you decide if it's going to be a one woman show or a memoir, you should let us know. Okay. Well, what I've been practicing doing is I've been doing in the U.S. They have these things called like the moth and they're basically storytelling contests. So yeah. I've signed up to go do those stories. There's some that are like very dirty. <laughs> but, like a um, disclaimer at the beginning of your. <laughs> the show just has a lot of sex talk. I was trying, that's a pretty tame one. I know you're like, that was tame. <laughs> the fleshlight. I don't really know how to write a one woman show, but I do know that there's like 12 basically 12 stories. This kid was so hard. I mean, he's in the 99th percentile IQ, very socially weird, not on the spectrum, but could be, you know, and when I took him off to college, just fiercely independent, private, grumbly, you know, and when I took him off to college, we were driving, we got halfway to where his college is and we stopped for coffee and, and I had been crying a little bit. This is the last bit of the show or a book or whatever. He looked like he had been crying a little bit. And I was like, I said, you've been crying a little bit. He goes, fucking hell, I've been crying the whole time. And I was so surprised. And so we get there and as we're unpacking and putting his stuff away, he's crying. And this tough kid, he's just, I can do everything. Don't bother me. I don't need you. Give me more lube and give me a flesh, you know? He's crying, 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 you know? And when we went and had lunch and I go drop him off, everything's dried up and everything. And then I drive away and 15 minutes later, he texts me and he says, mama, I've been crying my eyes out for the last 15 minutes since you left. And he said, how lucky I am to have a mom that I worship so much that it just broke my heart to say goodbye to her. Oh, now I'm crying. So nice. <laughs> that should be the end of the show or book. Right? That's the end. And especially because through the stories, he just was just so, so hard. He was just such a hard kid. You know, he would outwit me a lot. So. <laughs> The fact that I still earned his respect by the time, you know, he went off to school was kind of magical. Mm -hmm. That's lovely. <laughs> well, that's it. That's all the time we have. So yeah. thank you, Kristen, for coming on again. We love when you, you come on. Letting me tell some of my stories. I'll let you know what I decide to do. Maybe it'll be a combination of both. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. 
cool. It was so nice to see you. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I always love hanging out with you guys. Yeah, it's always fun. Who knows where the conversations are going to go? Probably Probably something dirty. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Bookies, we really want to hear from you. Go to www.bookinterrupted.com to find out the variety of ways you can get in touch. Give us a call and leave a voicemail and we will play it on the podcast. Or write us an email and we can read it on the podcast. Or better yet, leave us a review on iTunes. Anything, bookies. We want to hear from you. Pretty please. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Tell us books you think we should read. Tell us about your favorite moments. Tell us anything. Please, we want to know what you think. So don't forget, that's www.bookinterrupted.com or iTunes and leave us a review. We will love to hear from you. Talk to you soon, bookies. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book Interrupted. We're going to talk about season two and moments that we liked. And I've had anything I've learned from this experience is that, God damn it, I'm a slow reader. There's like a a collage of photos of me. And then all of a sudden it's the giant one of me. It's the tampon. (laughs) Did I like love it? Do I dream about it on the daily? No, but I appreciate having been exposed. We're kind of living in this. Michael Keaton, Batman world. And if you're going to choose a Batman, Michael Keaton, am I right? And she's coming on next season, I saw. She is. She's going to be on The Giver. She's one of the sheep. Nice. Take a look. Ah. (laughs) You can reveal that you're an egomaniac if you like. I love the bird box. (laughs) I love my books. I love my choices. (laughs) <laughs> i love myself i'm the best yeah, <laughs> book interrupted never forget every child matters